Welcome to Royal Grace Chapel, the empowerment center where faith comes alive through inspiring messages and teachings. At Royal Grace Chapel, our mission is to empower you to connect with God in worship, relationship with other believers, and enable you to fulfill your purpose for global impact. We believe in the power of transformation through the Word of God, and that's exactly what you'll experience as you journey with us through our plethora of messages. Get ready to be equipped, uplifted, and empowered on your path of faith. Be transformed as you listen to today's empowering message. Lord, we worship you. Lift your voices and just give him praise. Magnify the name of the Lord because he's faithful. Call him holy, call him faithful. Call him wonderful. Call him the names of, of those things, those miracles, those testimonies that he represents in your life. Call him awesome. Oh, we worship you, almighty God. Thank you because you are faithful. There is none like you. None can compare to you in heaven and on earth. We bless your name, almighty. We worship you. We give you praise because you are holy. We give you praise because you are mighty. There is none like you, almighty God. We bless your name. Lift your voices wherever you are. If you're watching online as well, lift your voices wherever you are. Just give God praise. Give Him worship. Thank Him because He is a faithful God. He's an awesome God. We give you praise, Lord. We acknowledge your mighty works in our lives, in our homes, in our family. We acknowledge your mighty works. 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 We acknowledge your mighty works, O oh God. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Almighty. You are wonderful. You are glorious. Mighty are you, Almighty. You are mighty. You are mighty. Mighty in praises. 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 Excellent. Excellent. Our healer. Our lover, our helper, our covering, our provider. We give you praise, Lord, today. We give you praise forevermore. We give you praise for what you do. We give you praise for whom you are. We give you praise for a new year. We thank you because you are good. Thank you because we are starting this year on a praise note, on a good note. We thank you, Almighty. Lift your hands to him and just worship him. Acknowledge your almighty God. Acknowledge your almighty God. Acknowledge your almighty God. Acknowledge your almighty God. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the I am that I am, the history. 
our time in your presence. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for new days, new mercies, new testimonies, new healings, new comfort, new words, new revelations, new testimonies. You are the only one that can do these things. You are the only one that can do these things. You are the only one that can do these things. Nobody can do the things that you do. We acknowledge you, Lord. We lift our voices. We lift our hands to you. We lift our voices. We lift our hands to you. We call you mighty. We call you holy. We call you wonderful. We call you marvelous. We call you great in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Receive our praises. Receive our praises. Receive our praises. Receive our worship. Lift your voices to him and just acknowledge him. Let us acknowledge you, Almighty. Giving him thanks for all that he does for us. We thank you, Almighty. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Oh, we thank you. Can we lift your voice as we thank the Lord? We thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst today. We thank you, we glorify you. We glorify you, we glorify you. We thank you because our life will be impacted by your word. We thank you because you are going to do great and mighty things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful things you will do for us. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this morning. No one comes into your presence and go back empty-handed. This is a turnaround power of prayer service. And I thank you for the answers to prayers, the testimonies that were provided. Lord, thank you for everyone, wherever we are joining from. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout a louder, amen. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. All right. It's good that, to see all of us in church this morning. Um, this is a turnaround power of prayer service. It started today. Yesterday we uh, our we started the 30 days just like that. It is now led to it 28 days just like that. I said just like that. Ah, it used to be 30. Now it's 28 after today's service. Now, you, um, um, let's just do some housekeeping. Um, the fasting, even tomorrow, where we'll be praying from 6 to 7.30 every day. That's how we're doing it for the next 30 days. The last day, which if you find out, that will be the second Sunday of February. It's going to be a special service, point of contact service, that you will require to bring your anointing oil and your handkerchief. All right, because these are points of contact that you need in your home. All right, you need in your office. Okay, so as you are waiting upon the Lord, um, that special service, um, miracle service, is going to be um, holding as the last day. That's one. Number two is that you can break your fast 5 p.m. every evening. So that means you must begin to pray maybe between 3 to 4 and 5. Then when we come, 6 to 7, 30. All right, we'll be praying together. And we'll be live streaming on YouTube every day. 
will be live streaming because we know that some of you uh, perhaps will still be in traffic or on the road, so you can join on YouTube every day. All right? Our teenagers, our next-gen church, so they are doing um, daily break of their fast. Now, if you have a teenager in church, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is marathon for them. All right? I'm their pastor. All right? So this year, I'm working with a teenage um, church. We call them Next Gen. Next Gen. And our group is called Yo Farms. Uh -huh. All right? It's a family church. All right? So please don't discourage them. All right? Don't discourage. David was a teenager when he killed Goliath. So uh, they, they, this one will do great exploit for the Lord. Oh, you are not saying amen. amen. Are you sure you are here or you have gone home? They are the only group of people I try to eat with every week. All right, we have our family day now on Thursday. But this fast, we don't know we are going to do it. But Thursday is our family day. We sit down together, we discuss, we chat, we gist, and we eat bread. <laughs> what do you think? Yes, what do you think? All right. But, so I don't know how it's going to be, but it's... We have to talk after service so that we will know how our family day will be. Amen. So are you excited? Yes. Do you know that God is touching your life in this service? Now, part to next level result is what I've been sharing from the last week of 2023, and I'm going to continue today. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Now, I'm reading from a translation that you have to get online, N-I-R-V, then NCV. So get to Gateway Bible and get it. NCV and NIRV. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It says, I know the plans I have for you, announces the Lord. I want you to enjoy success. This year you will enjoy success. I do not plan to arm you. I will give you hope for the years to come. This year God is giving you great hope. You will enjoy success. Tell your neighbor, this year you will enjoy success. Oh, tell somebody beside you, say, this year you will enjoy success. NCV says, I say this because I know what I am planning for you. God has a plan for you this year. And the plan is that you will be very successful. 2024, you will be successful. You know, our mandate in this church, our purpose statement is raising high flyers in Christ. That's our vision statement. Raising high flyers in Christ. And that's why you saw, you saw that they sang that song, raising high flyers in Christ. An high flyer is a successful person. Um, but the only difference is that this successful person is in Christ. You will be successful this year. Amen. Failure will not be associated with you again. Says, I, am, I say this because I know what I am planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you. No plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. Your future is bright. Your future is great. Hallelujah. So you can be rest assured that in 2024, God's will for you is to prosper. God's will for you is to do well. God's will for you is to move from one level of glory to another. God's will for you is for you to be successful. Say with me, this year I will be successful. Now, 
if you want to be successful, since we desire to be successful, since we know that God's will for us is to be successful, then we need to know how do we walk on the path of prosperity, the path of greatness, the path of success. What are the things that are required of us to see new dimension of success this year? Now, it is important for you and I to know what we need to do. During the course of this past week, some of us came across the news of the banker that killed herself in the bank premises, in the banking hall. And one of the notes she left, or the suicide note she left behind, was that everything has become too hard. She's not meeting her figures. She's not um, doing well. And when she looks at her future, it's bleak, it's bad. She cannot see any good thing ahead of her. So she decided to end her life. That is how hard things have become. But let me say to you, that is not your own portion. Listen to me. If the children of God suffers the way the children of the world are suffering, then of what use is our relationship with God? Those in Aso Rock are not complaining or cannot complain of food. Those in the status of assembly are not complaining of food. The Bible says the young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they that wait upon the Lord shall not lack any good thing. The Bible says I have been young, but now I'm old. I have never, never, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children, nor his seed begging for bread. It is an abomination for a child of God to be a beggar. So we must not entertain poverty or failure. We must not, we must have great dislike for not doing well. This year you are doing well. Not only this year, I said you will continue to do well. But the question you may want to ask me, but pastor, why then are things difficult for me? Why then am I being affected by this season? Why then uh, am I suffering like this? Well, you see, fruit don't lie. If you are in covenant relationship with God, you will see the fruits in your life. The Bible said that some will come to me that we do this in your name, we do that in your name. He said, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I know you know. So you can be serving God, but God does not know you. You can be a child of God in court, but God does not know you. Because the Bible says that nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let anyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So God knows those who are his. In the book of Acts, two men came and said, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. The name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. You demon, come out. And the demon said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? In other words, the reason why I am harassing you is that when we look at you, we don't know you. You see, demons ought to know who you are. Poverty ought to know who you are. Sickness ought to know who you are. When they see you, they must know your identity. And instead of delivering the man, they ended up being delivered. Instead of casting out the demon, the demon ended up casting them out. This is what is happening in the life of most children of God. Instead of seeing victory, we shout hallelujah. We shout praise the Lord. We, we do a whole lot of things. The only thing that people used to know that you are a child of God is when you carry your Bible on Sunday. 
or when you when they see you go to church but without you talking about it nobody knows by looking at you that you are a child of god but is it not written in mark chapter 16 that these signs shall follow them signs are things that speaks for itself these signs shall follow them that believe so we are called to live a life of signs and wonders that before you open your mouth, people will look at you and say, you are a child of God. Something is different about you. Is somebody with me? That is where we are learning on the path to next level results. The path to greatness, the path to success. There are principles that must be engaged. Now listen to me, principles don't lie. One plus one in Nigeria is one plus one in UK. It doesn't change. So the principles in the word of God are still applicable to us. Hallelujah. Now, the first principle, the first key to next level results, to becoming truly blessed of God, is for you to learn to prioritize your service to God. What I call serve God. Serve God. It is amazing. One of the, let me just put it this way. One of the deception in the body of Christ today is that Jesus, God can bless you without you serving him. Is a lie of the devil. It's like a man who says, I want to earn salary without working. You will become a thief. You can walk into any organization, but does not mean that you will collect salary in that organization. The people in that organization, the owners of that organization, the management of that organization, they know those who at the end of the month will get salary. So that you are seated in that office does not mean you earn salary. You can be there coming from Monday to Friday, but you still not get salary. Before, because for you to be qualified for salary, there are some set of things that need or that needed to have been done or need to be done. Depending on which level. The day you say, I want salary from this organization, you know that there must be some things, principles you have to engage. Go for an interview. They have to register you, give you employment letter, etc., etc. Now, you say, I want you to bless me. Blessing is like saying, I want salary. What should occur to you anytime you say, God, I want you to bless me is, what is my part in terms of service? No blessing can come fully upon you without you serving God. Exodus chapter 23. Verse 25. Tell me what you will know. It's very explanatory. Exodus 23, 25. They have come out of the children of the land of Egypt. And the Lord then said to them, This is my stand, if you want me to bless you. He said, And you shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall what? Oh, I, have you gone home? You shall serve the Lord your God. And what did he say God will do? No serving, no blessing. No, God does not bless people for sitting down in church. You are like, the, you can sit down in an office, be served by the secretary. The security guard opened the door for you. You are served by the customer service. The, you can buy their product, but if it is salary you are looking for, there, you have to qualify for it. 
There is the basic blessing we all enjoy as a result of our work with God. But listen to me. There are some dimensions of blessing you will never enjoy until you begin to serve God. That is why when the devil wants to frustrate a child of God, what it does is that it takes away your service. It tells you you can be a good Christian. You know, like they used to say, Shadura and Shami. That when you go to church, it's for the pastor to just say, pray, and I will say, amen. Well, that is one school of thought. But there is nowhere in the Bible God said, I will bless you for doing nothing. This year, you must make up your mind that you will prioritize your service to God. The reason why the Lord said, I will build my church is so that you can have a place to serve. Jesus built the church so that you can have a place to serve. Not a place to sit. Not a place to sit. Not a place to sit. If by the time you stand up in the church and your seat is warm, that is why you call bench warmer. Your seat should not be warm. In a church, your seat should be cold. It means that you are not sitting. Literally speaking, that is metaphorical. You know what I'm trying to say. I did that saying that we should all be standing. So I just use that as an illustration. So let's go back to Exodus 23. Look at it again. Look at every area that your service or your still worship to God will touch. It touches every area of your life. Exodus 23:25. Please, can we all put our phone on airplane mode? All right. Very important. Put your phone. I can hear something blinking. Can we put our phone on airplane mode? No, no. The contract will not pass you by. The good news will not pass you by. But the bad news will pass you by. God bless you. So you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. Now when we walk, what do we walk for majorly? Is it not to eat? We walk so that we can get our daily bread. And the Lord said that when you serve God, your business, your job, will be blessed. Your source of income will be blessed. You will have enough to eat and drink. Say, I will bless your bread and your water. I will bless it. In other words, the basic thing, even to the barest things of life, the blessing of God answers to it when you serve God. Every aspect of our life is touched when we serve God. Watch again as we continue. Exodus 23, 25. I'm not, keep it on, on, I ask you to remove it, please. Very important. Or you put it in the lower third if you can. If not, keep it on the screen. Yes. And so you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. Look at it. And I, and I will take sickness away from you after you have prayed. Is that what it says? No. I will take sickness away from you because of your fasting and prayer. He said, when you serve, he said, because he needs your else, he needs your hand, he needs your leg, he needs your body, he needs your intelligence. A sick man cannot serve God effectively. He said, so God said, because you have decided to give yourself only to serving me, he said, I will keep you healthy. It's a covenant. So instead of praying about that sickness, why don't you serve so that he can take it away? No. 
I'm not the one. It's a cop. This is an agreement between God and those who serve. We've often times you see that you have gone for healing line. The sickness is not taking is not being healed. They've prayed for you, you are fasted about it. You are not saying turn around. What you need to start knowing is that start walking in the covenant of stewardship. Serve God. And then you will see him do his part. The Bible says he's a covenant keeping God. Tell your neighbor he's a covenant keeping God. So I was sorry, you know, the other time that my wife was there, after we gave birth to our uh, last born, and um, they said that during the, um, the period of pregnancy, the baby was seated in the wrong place or something. So by the time she was pushing or whatever, the left, I think the, the left part of her leg, she's the one that can explain it better. She, she suffered dislocation. So those of us, when after she gave birth, my wife could not walk. She could not work. She could not even walk for about a few minutes. And um, we had to go to a Gobi General Hospital. And when they run the scan, the X-ray showed a very bad news. And the doctor said the only way she can walk is if she remains on a painkiller. For, and not Panadol. And they, the painkiller they gave my wife, when she takes it, it first shot her down. Anytime she takes it, it's like the thing first have to knock you down before it gives you strength. I have to take something from you. So my wife said, she told me that I can't continue my life like this. Then if you, if you are with her those days, she, she just had to you know, manage then. She was not. She said, I can't continue like this. Honestly speaking, between you and I, I cannot remember ever fasting and praying about that thing. She went... And dealt with it. Lord, you are a covenant keeping God. Now, let me tell you something. The background to it was that she was pastoring our branch at command during her pregnancy. We did not even know that such a thing would happen. When my wife is pregnant, she turns to a manufacturer of saliva. She, if she opens saliva factory, I'm sure she will sell. The thing just comes intermittently. She wakes up in the morning. Saliva is there. So she always has to choose something to keep the saliva down. Now, so she told me then that I think I better step down. Let somebody else go there. I said no. God did not say serve me when it is convenient. You will remain there as the pastor. So a lot of times she will have to enter the church office there. To first manufacture the saliva inside the small thing that she has carried. She has a savings and saliva savings and loan bottle. So she, blah, blah, blah. You see, somebody say, it's easy for you to say, and why? That's why me, I'm a man. I don't know. God knows that some of us, we can't go through that thing. <laughs> you know? So she would tell me that she had to sit in the office for, so all through the period of praise and worship, the prayer in the church, she would be seated in her office. What was she doing? Manufacturing the saliva. Then when it is about five minutes to go and preach, she will step out of her office. Then she will have to go. Because as a pastor, she cannot go with her container. She cannot be preaching and say, excuse me. Excuse me. So she had to suppress 
that saliva all through the period of the preaching until she finished attending to the church people. Then she then rushes back to the office. Then all the ones she has saved, then she... And she, she used to tell me that that was one of the most difficult thing for her. Swallowing that saliva bag. Say, go and ask pregnant women. There's a reason why the thing wants to come out. But now you are suppressing it by swallowing it back so that you can talk. She has to wear, she doesn't like wearing high heels. But as a, as a preacher, she has to dress well, so she has to wear those things. And if you see, when you see Lady P during her pregnancy, when you see the pregnancy, you then see her. She can even stand aside. When, she, when we are sleeping, the baby sleeps on one, the stomach sleeps on one side, then she sleeps, then I sleep. So I just say, no, let the stomach stand. God bless her people with stomach. She's one of them. But I thank God, she was there till the ninth month. I refuse to let her come back here. I said, serve God. The problem with most of us is that we want to serve God when it's convenient. No. Your service to God has to always be better than your service to men. If you want to see profit in your service to God, it must be with great quality. So after the whole pregnancy thing then came, and they told her she had to live on painkiller for the rest of her life. She would not be able to walk. She went and met the covenant keeper. Serve the Lord. Lord, sickness has now found its way into my life. Oh. This thing, I don't want to live. She was telling me that she carried the drugs and everything. Lord, you have said, serve, and I will. Not I might. Not probably. Say, I will. Give it to me. I will. I will take away sickness from your midst. Any sickness that finds its way into your body is living today. Is a covenant keeping God. I will take away sickness. Today you see her walking around. The day that pain left, we didn't know. It was when she woke up one morning and she began to say that she's now walking. I can ask her to come. The bone healed up by itself. No more painkiller. What the doctor said could not be done. Master Jesus, Jesus the healer, did it himself. I will take away sickness. I will. So when you are not serving, you are missing out of the covenant reward that comes to service. Verse 26. Verse 26. Let's look at what... It's, still, it, it's continue. I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. You are believing God for the fruit of the womb. The doctor is saying nothing can be done. Your, your womb cannot hold the baby. You are miscarrying. Then instead of continuing to pray, serve your way to your baby. It's a covenant. Unless God has turned to a liar. But he's, he cannot lie. He said, bring me in remembrance of my word. Whatever I, I have said, I am standing by it. He's a covenant keeping God. He said, you will not suffer miscarriage, number one, nor be barren. What else are you looking for as a woman? No, what else are you looking for as a woman? So even in your old age... Mommy P, do you now see why that man said that you should not, you can still give birth? If 
even in your own age, the moment you are serving God, you remain fertile. Kaparata shatai. Hey! The day you begin to serve, you remain what? Fertile. No wonder Sarah gave birth at 75. How can you explain? Abraham at 100 was still fathering nations. You think Isaac was the last one? You don't know the Bible. Abraham, after he was 125, the death of Sarah, at 125, Abraham began to do exercise again. This old man said, I'm going to start again. He gave birth to over five more children after Isaac. At one, over, he started again, a friend, 125. There is no one that can be called barren in our land when we know the covenant of serving God. So whatever keeps you away from serving God has only closed the door of your miracle. It's a covenant. Are you there? It has not finished though. It has not finished. Barrenness has not been taken care of. Miscarriage has been taken care of. Which one? Sickness has been taken care of. See, if what about those of us who are a man? We are, we are, see, every time you start the business, it fails. That's miscarriage. You are always moving from one business to the other. That's miscarriage. When you serve, anything that represents miscarriage ends in your life. Said, oh, barrenness, whatever it is that is not making you do well in life ends on the altar of your still worship. Is somebody still with me? Guys, I said, keep the scripture on the screen. Don't let me say it again, please. Then I will fulfill. Who is doing this one? I will fulfill the number of your days. I will fulfill it. My grandmother, since I was a little kid, they used to call Mama Dickin. My mother, grandmother from my father's side was one who has every, almost every evening, my mom would always be going to church. There was, since I was a little kid, I'm over 40 now. She, she just went to go and be with the Lord some time ago. Since I was a little kid, one, one thing I know about Mama is that every evening there, about she would pass in front of our house. She's going to church. She, she, the, where she was, the church does not need a cleaner. Clean the church, clean everything, do everything. Then when she relocated from Lagos to our hometown, she quickly joined the church and began to serve again. Then when we went to go and visit Mama, Mama said, you know, I cannot see well again. Said, so we had, my, my dad and I were talking about whether we should buy her glass. Then I said, Mama, but what about I said, I can only see the chicken in that place. So the place he's talking about is more than maybe, let's just, if I'm not exaggerating, 30 feet. So from here to the back of the house, she can see the chicken. Then she said, but when the chicken travel far, I can't see it. She never used glasses. She said, I can't see it. Then my grandmother was so old that we don't even know how old she was because the only thing she can tell you is that she was a young girl when Nigeria Airways started in Nigeria. When the first plane landed in Nigeria, she went to go and see the plane. She was a young girl. So they had to now, you know, those of those days, we had to now adopt one age for her. So she died at over 100. Even at that, she was still eating pop-off. She was, Mama, we eat pop-off for Africa. Eating pounded yam. So when you then see 
Go, those of you who have mothers like that, go and check how long. We often think that it's because they were living in the village, but most of them is because of their commitment to God. How come our own generation, they are just dying like chicken? Because now, small job we on the island can take you away from God. Small teaching job in one corner, no more service to God. Our generation, we are more committed to our career than to God, number one. Number two, we serve money more than we serve God. You see, our generation are more committed to money. So you wake up 4 a.m. and you are on your way to work. But the day it comes, you have never woken 4 a.m. to serve God before. Say, so I will fulfill the numbers of your days. This year, nothing will kill you before your time. Amen. You will not die young. Amen. Then the next one is what? The next one, verse 27. Verse 27. Money is taken care of. Sickness is taken care of. Career has been touched. Barrenness has been touched. What, now look at the next area of your life that he, he wants to touch when you serve him. Say, I will sell fear before you and cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And I will make all your enemies turn their back to you. Shut up. Now, you, you won't say amen to this one. Amen. He said, he will, he, see, the one who is going, he said, I will. Do you know what it means to, for your enemy to turn their back? That means they are running away from you. Instead of binding the witches and wizards all day and they, are keep, they, they have never stopped to oppress you, let the voice of your stewardship move God. Let, let, when God show his hand, let me see the witches that want to stay there. So you hear somebody say, I don't know why they are they, household enemy, household enemy. Say, yes, they are real. But when you serve God, he said he will torture them on your behalf. Those who are not causing you to know peace, this year they are the ones that will not know peace themselves. What is the secret? He said, I will. You see, will means he has decided it's going to be done. He didn't say probably. He said, I will cause your enemy. It will appear to them in the night like this and they will be running. A man of God the other day said that somebody took his picture to one uh, man and the man put it on his shrine. True story. And um, in the picture, the one they took, in fact, uh, those of you who like to take picture, tell them, take a good picture. I say you can take this one. Take a picture where you are smiling. Say, take this one. If you are serving, they are wasting their time. He said, whilst they took him, the man began to make incantations. The voodoo priest began to say something. Then all of a sudden, he observed something. It's like if it's like the picture. The man sh eyes shook in the pictures. So he felt no, 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 no. He didn't see well. True story. Then he continued. Then he said the man just smiled. <laughs> then he continued. Then the man changed position. So he said this one. He carried the thing that he went and located that man of God. Said I have not seen this one before. A living picture. Anything that is concerning your life will receive the hand of God this year. Amen. Wherever they have carried your name, instead of your own name, it is your own name that it will be firing on. Amen. Somebody fire rising, amen. amen. 
Why? Serving God. It pays. I said it pays. So this year, if what you are believing God for is next level result, then what must you do? Serve. Give yourself only to serving God. Give your, don't let anything, you know, Romans, look at what Romans says. Romans. Romans says, let me just quote that. It says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Romans, Romans says, is it tribulation? Is, you know, whatever it is, there are things that want to separate you from God. That's the bottom line. There are things that want to say, hey, when I step in, let God step out. But this year, you will serve God and he will bless you. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you will serve God and he will bless you. So stand now and begin to serve him. It is the season when we must give ourselves only to serving him. Because he's still in the business of rewarding those who serve him. Don't let anything stop you from serving him. Your blessing is connected to service. Amen, somebody. Amen. The next key to next level result now can be found. There are three other keys. You'll find them in Matthew 6. So Matthew 6, from verse 1 to the end. I think the end of Matthew 6 is 34. Jesus taught on these three keys that will produce results in our lives. And uh, the first key he mentioned here in Matthew 6 verse 1 is when you give your hands given. There are three major ones. When you pray, when you fast, and when you give. And Jesus started with giving. So he said, Take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Giving attracts reward. Salary is not a reward. Salary is what you are worked for. Reward is honor. Reward is always more than what you have worked for. Reward is far beneficial in every way. And God, the Bible calls him that one of the way, names of God in Hebrews 11 says he is a rewarder. Now, amazingly, most of us want to serve God without becoming givers. Is one of the deceptions. When we talk about the subject of money or giving to God, oftentimes because it has been abused, we just turn off. And those pastors are looking for our money. They want to stop our money. And all these men of God, of the truth, there are those who have turned the house of God to a business center. But it still does not take away the principle of giving. You cannot be blessed financially without being a giver. It's a principle. Financial blessings answers to the covenant of financial faithfulness. When I was a conductor, and I was a very good one at that, 
I was still giving. As a conductor, I gave. When I was doing washman, not dry cleaning, washerman, going to people's house to wash clothes from one place to the other, from the little money we receive, if you give me 10 naira, automatically I know that what I have is 9 naira. I, there is no way I have everything. My tithe is separated. This year, deliver yourself from the fact that when you give to God, you can be poor. No. Everything you have is from God. Giving is an expression of trusting God, especially in the area of your finances. And I will give you some scriptures. There are different dimensions of giving a Christian must practice. Number one, giving to the poor. You must learn to give to the poor. Because the Bible says that when you give to the poor, you are lending money to the Lord. And that which you have lent to him, he will repay. Because even God says, oh no man. So you see, the more you give sometimes, the more long life you have. Because until God blesses you, you are not permitted to die. Because he's a faithful God. Give it to the poor. Then giving to your parents is another one. Your parents cannot be there and you are saying you have nothing to give to them. No. You must give to your parents. Even if you are a student in primary school, learn to give to your parents. I was in primary school when I started giving to my parents. Out of the one they give to me, I will buy pepper and tomatoes and take it back home. Weekly. I was doing that. If, if my mother is there, she can tell you. Primary school. I just knew that it is the right thing to honor your parents. So they gave me the weekly allowance. I set up something little for me. And I give to them. I give to them. I give to them. How come you are walking and you never honor your parents? Those of you around me knows that everyone that your parent is still alive and you are walking on a monthly basis, you must send something to them. No matter how small. Your parent must be on your payroll. Your heart must always be with them. Those of you who don't do it, let me tell you something. There is a law you are violating. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. When you are too greedy to honor your parents, your children will be more greedier than you. So you will see people now, they've trained their children. Their children are doing well. But they, it's not reflecting in their life. Go and check what they did to their parents. So if you're in that category, then you need to start honoring, praying for God to have mercy on you. One time I, I was driving and I saw a very old man begging on the road. I can tell you I know where his problem came from. In the days of his youth, he chopped it all. Now he's reaping an harvest. Because whatsoever a man sows, he will reap in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running around. That's why you see also that I used to encourage men that if you marry a girl, both of you marry by accident, and the woman is not in your house, you have not gone to do the right thing, pay a dowry, and do the right thing. As a man, I'm telling you, I wolf the porch. There is nothing called a wolf woman. You, you want to hold your own and children and a marriage, then you must go to back to your honor your own in-law. Never carry a woman permanently in your house or if you have not honored a parent, it's a curse. It is a curse. If you want to enjoy your own children, 
There is no woman that is dropped from heaven. Somebody gave birth to her. So you cannot put a woman under your roof without honoring her parents. No way. If your husband, has, you are not doing it because some of the parents will not even see anything. But you are doing it not because of your parents or our parents. You are doing it for your own sake so that your own children too will not forget you. Because whatever you do so, you shall reap in good measure. Press down, shake it together, and run it. This generation, I say, hey, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you. And you love me, and pack your load. You stay inside the house. You know, go meet him, Baba. You know, go meet him, Mama. Then they didn't hand her over to you. Oh, the only certificate is, I love you. I will they purge you. One day that marriage will purge you. If it doesn't purge you now, it will purge you when you start having children. Is a law. Then the other one is now, which is the main one, honoring the Lord. There are different platforms we honor God with our substance, our offering. Offering is expression of love. Offering is showing how much you value God because every gift communicates something. When you give, you are saying something. Give, every gift has a voice. That's why when you give somebody something, you say you have bribed him. Why? Because what it means is that this money means that you should overlook the wrong and turn wrong to right. Just by giving, somebody is able to wipe away your record of sin. Every giving has a voice. Let me tell you this here. Don't give offering to God by accident. Give it to him by heart. This habit that when they say offering time, eh, where the sense there? Oh, no. That is poverty mentality. Nobody honors a great man by just searching his pocket like that. No way. This is why our giving is not being honored. I know what I will give in church, and I don't have to be in church before I give it to every week. Some of us, what we give to is building. If you are not in church today, you will not have given. No, you are not giving to God, you are giving to a building. Give it to God means that you know you are committed to the, in the house of God to God. Whether you are there or not, your offering is for your own favor. It is an expression of love. My children, I don't have to see my children before I give to them. Yeah. And I don't have to be at home before I give to my children. Yeah. Is that how we have to do? This culture that we will then give, come give me, do you have money there? I need somebody who have money. There's some, is there no money? You don't trust your pastor. I see people look. Even me, they don't trust me. I said, give me money. Wow. The brother is trying to show me his offering. Then you see, he wants to give this offering. Then you see. Then you squeeze, 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 squeeze. Do you know why we squeeze our offering? Because we don't, we ourselves are ashamed of it sometimes. That if the person look at the money I'm giving, she will look at me with all this, your wig, your glasses, with all this, your eye is, and you are now raising 20 naira up. So we have to squeeze it. And the more you squeeze, the more spiritual you feel. That's the spirit of poverty. Will you give a squeezing offering to an important person? We put it in an envelope. We seal it. We raise it up. See, not even if no prayer is made over your offering. He who sees what you do in secret will reward you open. It is wrong to squeeze your the money you want to give to God. You are squeezing it. Number two, prepare your offering ahead. You see, I, every week I prepare my offering ahead. My children knows. 
You may not see me ever raise an offering in this. Sometimes I even give it one month ahead. I, because it, God is so important to me. I will not wait and say, I have 500 naira here, 200 naira, 20 naira. I say, ah, 20 naira. Okay, okay, 200. It is where you are now seated. They say, offering time, you are now thinking of what you will honor God with. That is poverty mentality. If you truly honor God, as I'm going to God this week, what am I going to give to God? And you say, this week, I'm, you are thinking about it ahead. That is how it can become more blessed to give. Amen. Amen. The next giving. Hallelujah. Thank you. Before I change my mind. But I'll be watching you after some I'm watching. Is tithe. The tithe. Tithe is also a way of honoring God. We give our tithe. Tithe is the minimum of 10%. Not just of your salary, but of every gift you receive. So some of us, we only tithe from our salary. So if somebody then gives you a gift, you don't remove tithe of it. Tithe is whatever God sends to you. He's saying that he has a stake in it. So if somebody blesses you with something, then you take a, In fact, some of us sometimes, what we do is that if I receive a gift that is not monetary, I monetize it in a way that I determine how much can I, what tithe can I give from this gift I've received. That is to show, to show you that you are saying that God has a stake in all. Tithing, like I told you, is a covenant response. What does a response mean? God has said in his word that you are children of Abraham. And said in this earth, earthly, Hebrews 7, he said, earthly men receive tithes. But he receives it all. In other words, when we receive tithes here, Jesus receives it from us. Now, let me say what tithe is. Tithing simply means I am in agreement that I have a covenant relationship with God. That's why the, the, the word system derived the tax from the tithing principle of God. You don't give, pay your tithe as a favor to Nigeria. You pay tax with the agreement that you believe that you are benefiting from Nigeria. That is why it's a criminal offense if you are not paying your taxes. You give your tithe as to show that you are in agreement that yes, of a truth, I am under God and God has a stake in all that I'm receiving. Tithe is a response to our covenant relationship with God. I agree. When I'm giving my tithe, it means I am signing an agreement that I have covenant with God. And you give your tithe in your local assembly. If you are in this church, you are being blessed in this church, you give your tithe here. You cannot be giving your tithe to TDJX in America and you are being blessed here every Sunday. No way. He said, in my house, the place where you are being fed, that is where your tithe belongs to. Are you here? Yes, then, the last kind of giving, which is often one of the ones that is very big sometimes, is what we call first fruits. First fruits. First fruit giving is a special giving. The Lord told them that when you enter into the land, the first of the fruit you get from that land, don't eat it, say, give it to me. Now, the question is, which is what most of us often ask, when I give my first fruit, well, how will I survive? The institution of first fruit means that I am in agreement with the fact that God is the one that will take care of me always. 
You see, one of the most difficult things when you are giving your first fruit to God, every, in, in this church, you will see that every first Sunday of the new of, uh, of February, we do what we call first and best. First and best. First and best Sunday is what we call. It is our altar of sacrifice. First fruit is simply your sacrifice to God. Listen to me. Even in the world, those of you who are here, I can bring out some people who used to, one brother said he was, he was looking for money. And the first thing they told him, the man said, he has to make what? Rituals. Because there is no sacrifice. If there is no sacrifice, there cannot be reward. In the Bible, we see God honoring first fruit. The first person that gave first fruit in the Bible was the first prophet in the Bible. And do you know the first prophet? The first prophet was actually Abel. The first prophet in the Bible was Abel. How do I know? Luke 11 verse 50 to 51. Luke 11 50 to 51. Look at what it says. And the first prophet, okay, so that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. Verse 51, from the blood of Abel. So Abel was categorized as one of the prophets in the Bible, the first prophet in the Bible. But why was he killed? This prophet was killed because God used him to bring forth the principle of first fruit. He carried the first of his harvest and put it on the altar. And the devil said, no, this cannot continue. So he entered into Cain to kill him. Why? Because he knew that if this revelation stays, it's a game changer. Abel was killed for giving first fruits. That means that the devil ate first fruits. Because it's an expression of your faith. It takes faith to give all to God. It takes faith to give your first fruit. Because the question is, how will you survive? Then we move to the man called Abraham. And the Lord told him, Abraham, give me your first son. Whom you love. Genesis 22. And early in the morning, Abraham took Isaac, his first son, and he went to go and sacrifice him. And the Lord said, Okay, now, in place of Isaac, take this one. Why did God ask for Abraham, Isaac? Because what you end first is always very precious to you. Don't let the devil stop you from being a giver. One of the things I know is very, why first fruit is difficult is because most of us, we think, oh, they are just saying it to rob us of our money. Nobody is saying anything to rob you of your money. I, we do, in our church, every first Sunday of the month of February, when we do first fruit, we don't use it for pastor's shoe or clothes. 100% when the church removes the other title they have to pay, 100% goes into the work of God. So it is a way of encouraging you to sacrificially give for the building of the house of God of which you are also a partaker. May the blessing of the house of God be upon you. Amen. Now one of the things I used to say to people when it comes to first fruit is this. If you know that it's something that you have not been doing before, or you don't plan for. Yesterday, I was told, my wife asked me a question. I said, what of those of us who are honoring our parents every month? When we give our first fruit, how do we then honor our parents? I said, 
is a very important question we ask. You have asked. Now, first fruit demands planning ahead. Because, for instance, now, I know that my first income of the year belongs to God. December period, I don't spend all the bonuses. I make plan ahead for January. And I set it aside. So, my parents have been, will have been honored ahead. Because they know the first one is to God. First belongs to God. So you honor it. But what if you, are, you have not made such plan? Then the, what I would normally encourage people to do is that what you can then start with is that normally your tithe is 10%. Then you can then say what is the additional sacrifice you can give to God? So sometimes you can remove every other expenses. I said now I am giving this to God as my first food. Knowing fully well that now I know that I will now begin to plan ahead. You see, one thing you must understand, every church, every genuine church, when you see them take these things from us, it is God's wisdom that has not made the church to go into extinction. Our brother in other religion, Islam, go and check. They spread majorly through government funds. All around the world today, no government is building churches for anywhere. And yet, the church is still number one. God set up this system so that the church will never be dependent on any human institution. In Ghana, some time ago, the Muslim world came together. They built 1,000. The government, they, they, built, they said they are building 1,000 mosques in Ghana. And they mobilized resources from the Muslim world to build 1,000 because Ghana is dominated by Christian. So all of a sudden, you began to see erection of mosques everywhere in Ghana. They mobilize resources. This Hamas Gaza war that is happening, this Hamas, uh, Israel Hamas war, sorry, that is happening. When Israel saw the tunnel, in one of the raids, they saw millions of dollars on the ground. They realize that some people they've been sponsoring terrorism just to destroy it. Even in Nigeria, you'll have heard that this Boko Haram and all these things, some people are the ones sponsoring it. In some of those states, because they have some of them, they recent, according to the report we got, they said some of them, because of the mineral resources in some of those states, like gold and some of so they need to sponsor terrorism so that they can have access to it. You, you are a child of God, you are then complaining that. Sponsoring the gospel of God with your own earning is a problem for you. You then realize that when our heart is close to giving, is the devil closing it so that number one, God will not bless us. And when we are not blessed, there's no way the church can be blessed. Because a blessed church is made of blessed people. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you afresh. Amen. Yesterday, by the grace of God, we finished our roofing at the new church site. I would have loved them to show you the thing. We started in May, this first phase of the first decade. And I said that by December, we would do the roofing. And even though we were not able to finish by December, we finished yesterday. And you know, as I stood there to take the picture yesterday, I said to myself, it is a blessing to build a house for God. One day, all of this generation will not be around anymore. But the church you build, even if your children want to misbehave, they can sell every other property, but they cannot sell your church. Because the church is owned by no man. That is why today, 
Even when the generation of John Wesley met all this church and all those generations, is, they are all gone. We don't even know them. Today, you and I, you go, CMS Grammar School, this St. O.S. Grammar School, this Methodist Hospital, that one. Why? Some people put in their resources for what had eternal value. And today, the children after them, that generation is still being blessed. It is my prayer for you that your God will keep blessing you to advance the work of God even beyond Nigeria. In the name of Jesus, stand to your feet with me this morning as we pray. Glory be to God. Now, first and foremost, I want to lift up your voice. I say, Father, I thank you because this is my year of next level results. I thank you because this year my life will get better. I thank you because things are getting better for me this year. I thank you because I will not remain the same again in 2024. I thank you because this is my year that I will see greater results. Open heaven in all that I do. Can we lift up our voices as we thank the Lord right now? Lift your voices as we thank the Lord. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise to Lord. Give him praise. I say, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you because this is my year of next level results. Because this is my year, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know that something is changing in my life this year. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sickness is leaving. Oh, Lord, I say thank you. Oh, Lord, I say thank you. Father, God, Lift your voices and thank the Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. For the things that are changing this year. Thank you, Lord, for the things that are changing this year. For next level resolve this year. For open heavens this year. For open heaven this year. Thank you for the great and the mighty things you are going to do for me this year. Thank you for the great and mighty things you are going to do. I give you praise, I give you glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, firstly, I want you to say, serve the Lord and he will what? Bless. I want you to make up your mind today. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me this year. This year I will serve you. I receive grace to serve you like never before this year. This is my year of serving God. This is my year of serving. I believe that you will reward all those who will serve. I receive your word. Now, Lord, I receive grace to serve you this year. Now, lift your voice and pray for yourself. Say, Father, I receive grace to serve you this year. I receive grace to serve you this year. This year, that sickness is living this year. That affliction is living this year. I receive grace to serve you this year. Grace to serve you this year. In the name of Jesus. It's my year of serving God. I receive grace to serve you this year. In the name of Jesus. I receive grace to serve you this year. In the name of Jesus. Le bladi shatayande. Le bladi Le bladi sataya. Shene kevala lavaya. Le bletele. Lando le makabaya. I receive grace to serve you. Shandabele, oh, 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 o
Le kataya pada tosanda rava. Le maraka tosi terikitos. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. God save you with all my heart. In the name of Jesus. I receive the grace. This year. Grace to serve you more and more. Grace to serve you, Lord. I receive grace to serve you, Lord. I receive grace to serve you, Lord. Santa Malatataya, I receive grace to serve you. in Jesus name we pray amen this is your year of abundance amen. I thought somebody would say amen amen this is your year of experiencing supernatural provision amen this year you are breaking the yoke of death over your own life amen you will no longer borrow to eat. Amen. This year, anyone in financial crisis and end has come to you today. Amen. What is the gateway? Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight. Can I have it on the screen? Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight says, "And God is able to make all grace abound towards you." Then he said, when you have that grace, then you will then have sufficiency in all things. And God will generously, 2 Corinthians 9, he said, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Amen. <laughs> it is a covenant. He will, and God will generously provide all you need. This year, God will provide all you need. Amen. Amen. But you see, when he gives you an Isaac, you must never be, forget that Isaac belongs to him and not you. Now, give me KJV, the same scripture. It, 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 the way KJV people say, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. There is what we call the giving grace. I want you to pray for it. David was extremely blessed and he said, of all that he has blessed me with, I have now provided for the house of God. One of the places they are fighting over in Israel till today is the place that David provided. He was the one that, that was the place that God saved him from dying. That's the spot he provided for his temple to be built. Even the other religions are claiming that place. Judaism claims that place. Christianity claims that place. It is only one spot in the entire world that Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, they all regard that place as sacred. It's the place of the Temple of Solomon. And David said, I have provided for it to be built. It's over 4,000 years. A man's giving is still being remembered in Uri Lagegi. 
The chariot that David rode, nobody knows it. The house he lived in, nobody knows it. The barrack he created, nobody knows it. But the house he built for God. That is why I said the things you do for God is eternal. Don't let any devil stop you from today from honoring God with your substance. If David had only built a, bought the best chariot, even the best chariot of David has no usefulness today anymore. But the temple he provided for is still in existence today. No wonder the flag of Israel is called the Star of David. Give us shine before God. I want you to pray, Lord. You see, some of you need to pray. You have never been tightened. It ends this year. How can that ten percent that belongs to God be the only thing you will never do? It ends this year. You don't honor God with your offering. It ends this year. Amen. You don't give first fruit. It ends this year. Amen. Because if God will make you rich, and not because of you, because of His kingdom, lift your voice, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I receive the giving grace. I receive the giving grace. I receive the grace to be a giver. I receive the grace. Go to ahead be a and pray for the giving grace. Right? Go ahead and pray for the giving grace. I receive the grace to be a giver. In the name He's of Jesus. He's able to make all He's grace abound towards you. The grace to be faithful in my time, in my in my giving, in my offering, in my in my giving to God, in my first fruit, in giving to the poor, in giving to my parents, in helping others, I receive the giving grace. I receive the giving grace. Every spirit of greed, every spirit of selfishness that has held my life captive, I break out of you today. I believe God is able to make me wealthy. I receive the giving grace. Oh, yes. My God, I receive the given grace. I receive the given grace. I receive the given grace. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Now, Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. First and foremost, now that you have said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. In every way, way. I've not been faithful in my giving. In my giving. In serving you with my substance. Lord, I repent today. Lord, I repent today. And I ask for your forgiveness. Go ahead and talk to God. Pray for me in every way I have not been faithful. In honoring you with my substance. 
my tithe, my phosphate, my offerings. Lord, I repent in 2024. And I ask for your forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I repent, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let your amen catch fire. Amen. Let your amen catch fire. Amen. Now the second part of that place is and I will heal their land. You are not going to pray for God to heal your land, heal your business this year, heal your finances this year. If you are in debt, God is bringing healing to you. If you are in financial crisis, God is bringing healing to your amen. finances. One of the whatever you don't give to God, the devil knows how to take it away. But by all means, we give. You save, and you every time you save to want to do something, but you don't know what to do with your money. That lifetime ends this year. Amen. One of the things we are believing God for is that this is the year of acquiring property. You will acquire your property this year. Amen. So I want you to now you know the area you have been struggling, maybe in your health, maybe in your finances. Whatever it is that is taking money away from you, you are going to say, Lord, heal my land. This is a devourer. This is a devourer. Now that I have repented, I stand and I declare, you devourer, you no longer afflict me. Anything that the enemy is using as an avenue to rob you of your sweat, rob you to, of your blessing, whatever is making you to walk and have nothing to show for your labor, Whatever is making you to earn salary and you are still a beggar. Before the salary gets to your hand, debt has blown upon it. Crisis has blown upon it. There is no money, there is no sickness. There is no money, there is no disease. From one hospital to the other, it ends today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say, oh Lord. oh Lord. Say, me, Father. Father. In, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Arise and heal my land today. And heal my land today. Now mention that situation, Lord, heal my land. In this area, heal my land. Heal my land, oh God. I want to turn around from this thing that is taking money from me. From that which is making me poor. Heal my land. Heal my land, oh God.
concerning your health. Even the test alone has been draining finances from you. Today, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, receive your healing now. Amen. Receive your healing now. Amen. I silence that devourer by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Receive your healing now. Amen. Every sickness that is has become a financial drain to you. Today, the Lord has said He will heal our land if we repent. Now that we have become sold out of honoring God with our substance, therefore I declare today, receive healing from that affliction in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive healing from that affliction in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every time you buy the phone, it can get spoiling. They kept stealing it. Every avenue between the devil has been causing you to be robbed and be stealing. And, 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 and the thief has been prospering against you. Robbed and things have been stolen from you. This year, it ends in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will not suffer loss this year. Amen. You shall not suffer loss this year. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever has been the avenue of sorrow, every avenue of sorrow, every avenue of sorrow with which the enemy is robbing you of your earnings, of your finances, of your daily bread, every avenue of affliction, today, by the blood of Jesus, they are nullified. Amen. They are cancelled in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on me. Whatever has caused high blood pressure, whatever has caused hypertension in you, whatever has caused sleepless nights, today receive divine intervention. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God has resolved that situation in your favor. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There's somebody here, precisely a woman. Recently, you've been having sleepless nights. Today, from today, you shall begin to sleep like a baby. Amen. Because God will give you perfect peace. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, this is the season of turnaround as we wait upon the Lord in fasting and prayer Father I thank you because out of this congregation testimonies of turnaround shall emerge this season Amen Yoke of demons are broken in the name of Jesus Amen Yoke of barrenness are destroyed in the name of Jesus Amen In this season of fasting and prayer I declare over you your own testimony will show forth Amen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you Lord. Lift your voices and say, Father, I thank you for Lord, your touch in my life Lord. today. Thank my you, life is not going to be the same again. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, because my life shall not be the same again. I give you thanks, I give you praise. Because my life shall not be the same again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Now, before we are seated, somebody here, you need to give your life to Jesus. As we're praying, 
There's a lady here. The Lord wants to reach you. You've been living in sin. You've been living in sin. And he brought you here today so that you can receive mercy because of what he's about to do for you. You know yourself. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Now, if you are in church and you don't know Jesus, of what use is coming to church? This is the family of God. Giving Jesus a place in your life will only usher you into greater blessing. As many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God, the daughters of God. And when they are daughters of God, then he's committed to blessing them. I don't want you to continue that life of struggle, my brother. I want you to give Jesus a place so that he can help you. So wherever you are, you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you will be coming to church, but you have never come outside before. You know, we don't get married in secret. We get married openly. You have never come outside to declare that, yes, Jesus, I am yours. Today is another day. He is a merciful God. He's still in the business of forgiveness. So wherever you are, you want to make things right with Jesus. I want you to please quickly come forward. I want to pray for you. God bless you. Just lift your hand first. Let me pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus? Wherever you are, lift up your right hand. Say, I, you want to give your life to Jesus? Maybe you're online. You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to give your life to Jesus? If you are here, you have not given your life to Jesus, don't miss this opportunity. Now, I'm giving one more call. I know you are here. But you are struggling in your heart. For the last time, I want to give you one more opportunity. Give your life to Jesus today. So if you want Jesus to step into your life, can you please lift up your right hand? I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Then I believe that what it means is that most of us have given our life to Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray for your children. Let your covering be refreshed upon them. May the blessing of the Lord now be renewed upon you. Satan, you cannot have these ones. For they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abound under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, Lord, may your covering of glory be upon these ones afresh. Amen. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you for tuning in on this episode. We hope you've been blessed and empowered to transcend new heights of faith and growth. Stay connected with us for more empowering and faith-filled messages. And remember, you are part of a community committed to transformation. Until next time, go forth empowered by God's grace.